Happy New Year, everybody. This is John O'Halloran, your host of uh, the Chalk Dinosaur Podcast. This is episode 11. And today, I had a conversation with a guy named Michael Berger. Who is Michael Berger? Well, if you're listening to the podcast, chances are you probably already know who he is. But, for those of you who don't, he's... Uh, he plays the bass in a band called The Clock Reads, uh, which is a Pittsburgh band. I would describe their music as, it, you know, there's a heavy jazz influence in their music. There's a lot of funk and jam, too, so it's it's a fusion of jazz, improvisational jam, funk, and Latin music, which uh, is a really interesting mix, and they do it really well. And they've just released a new album on January 1st, and it's called Nomen. Uh, right now, Nomen is available on the Clock Reads Bandcamp page, which is theclockreads.bandcamp.com. And it's also available, if you want to get it direct from the source, it's available on the Clock Reads website, which is theclockreads.band. Um, just search for it on Google and you'll find all their social media and all that crap. Um, but, yeah. Michael, uh, he, we collaborated on a song. The first time I actually met him was when he came over for a recording session in 2016. Um, after I had seen the clock reads for the first time at Farm Jam, uh, you know, I had I, I was exposed to a lot of musicians that I had no prior knowledge of and that were really good and were playing music that I really liked and that was in line with the kind of stuff that I was enjoying at the time and currently. And Michael Berger, uh, the bass playing, um, I don't know, that really stood out to me. And... Uh, so I got in touch with him and asked him if he would want to come over and do a collaboration for this album, Chalk Dinosaur and Friends. And uh, yeah, without hesitation, he was down and uh, we made the song The Chalk Reads off of that album. We arranged that and wrote it in one session and it was one of those times where just... Uh, you know, came together really quickly and naturally, and uh, that was cool because we were starting basically from scratch. We had, I, I pulled out a Jules Powell drum track from another song off that Chalk Dinosaur and Friends album, and we just jammed over that for a little bit and then, you know, found the main theme and then uh, went on to write some other sections. I, you know, it's one of those, t I don't even know how it happened, but it, it came together really well, and it's a song that I'm really proud of, and uh, yeah, so that was my introduction to Michael Berger and the Clock Reads, Farm Jam Lama, and then that collaboration, and then ever since then, I've been playing with the Clock Reads probably like once a year, we, we do a show where we, um, where we combine, where it's, you know, it's the Clock Reads, and then I play with him <laughs> and then we play different music than what we would normally play and uh, that's always interesting um, because our backgrounds and our our bread and butter I feel like uh, are different things so 
the result is something much different than what either of us would probably play normally and they're also just very very fun guys to hang out with and uh yeah so I, that was on december 4th yeah it was good and then i i I DJ'd uh, in between sets at uh, their Clock Reads New Year's show with Afro and At, who I just saw for the first time. That was really fun. I, I was pumped. They busted out some Hey Arnold. I've always thought about that being an awesome song to play. And then um, Shaq Nicholson, uh, which yeah, hopefully we'll get some of those guys on here real soon uh, to talk about themselves. Yeah, new album. They did. They they released it on on the night of that show, and you know, interesting timing because they released the new album, but that was also their last show for you know indefinitely. Because um, uh, I think the the guitar players they're they're going on an extended trip to Thailand, which sounds like an epic kind of life-altering, perspective-shifting kind of trip. Lack of vision quest. But uh, that sounds cool. I think about doing that from time to time. But uh, but yeah, but they have this fresh new album uh, that, that they've really crafted a very distinct sound with, it, with this album and um, really kind of honed in on their sound uh which was cool to hear and so yeah we talked to michael today about that and kind of just music in general and um yeah if you if you haven't listened to the new album check it out chances are if you're listening to this podcast uh a good chance you probably already have but i always find it interesting to hear bands and artists kind of talk about their music and the, the kind of stuff that you just don't really get when you just listen to the album, like just hear someone talk about how they do music and stuff. It's interesting to me. So that's what I'm banking on, uh, that somebody else might be interested in that too. But, uh, okay, without further ado, here's my conversation with Michael Berger. It's going to pick up kind of in the middle because I kind of just turned the recorder on uh, as we were getting comfortable. Um, but yeah, Michael Berger the clock reads I don't know I don't think I'd go back to Bonnaroo unless I was like VIP RV yeah or I've, or I've never been there I never wanted to go after going to the small ones it, it would be big fish just suck yeah they really do there's all these things that there's just so much more security and lines and like yeah. Like the logistics of everything is just a lot harder. Yeah. Like getting in, mm -hmm. getting anywhere. Bonner is, I mean, it's cool to see that that big of a gathering. And there's definitely like cool pockets and stuff. But, um. Yeah, after I went to All Good, which was like, you know, still pretty big compared to like what I've been going to, but it was way smaller and it was. Like, I'm never going back there. <laughs> never going back to Bonnaroo. <clears throat> but, you know, I was able to have like a VIP thing or like got to play there or something. Definitely. Yeah. It's like, uh, 
Plus, it's so far away. Yeah. It's so far away, and so the drive's really <coughs> long, and uh, and it's so hot there. Yeah. That it's like a, uh, it's just like. Why put yourself through that? Yeah, it's like a trial, <laughs> or like it's like a some kind of like challenge. Mm-hmm. Where, where we at here? You don't have to be too close. Yeah, yeah. I might swing it back and forth a little bit. Okay. I? Like if I'll talk, I'll be like, I'll bring it in. Then once you're tall, <laughs> uh, get stick out of my face. <laughs> All right. Well. Yeah, it's already started recording, so mm. we can just continue where we started when you walked through the door, and I offered you a can of Bliss Citrus IPA from our sponsor, Oscar Blues. Thank you, Oscar. Thank you. Just I will to- say it's a delicious beer. I'm enjoying it. Yeah. You know, I knew I knew you were coming over today, and I'm, I was going to get beer, and I was like, you know, Burger, he's a, he's a high-class, powerful businessman, and... You know, he might like this more than the Coors Light. Yeah. <laughs> Depending on the day or the night or the time. Or the temperature. Or the temp. For me. Anyway. Anyway. Business. Net 30. Yeah. New project. Yeah, you guys went full business attire. That was nice. No, was... we did not. Wait, you and Steve? No. Wait, at, were you wearing a jacket? Years? Yeah. Oh, I guess I was wearing a little jacket. What was Steve wearing? He had a full suit on. No, that's other Steve. Yeah. Oh, was oh, I guess it depends which Steve we're talking about. But yeah, the whole Shack group was dressed nicely. Trying to as in somewhat business. Yeah. I was gonna go I was gonna go really wild and do the Hawaiian shirt with a with a jacket. Ooh. Tucked in with a tie and a mustache, maybe some sunglasses and a wig, but chickened out. Just went, just went with the shirt. Hardy, God bless. Okay, so I guess we better address the people listening that uh, maybe want to know what's going on here. Uh, Michael Berger, bass player for the Clock Reads, wanted to talk to you about your new album that you just put out you mean <laughs> this one yes yeah that looks like it that nice uh, sundial one yeah so uh here we have it nomen which is the part on the sundial that casts the shadow um came up with the logo with uh riley mate of pseudo dudo Good friend of ours, and um, yeah, just did some brainstorming, some playing around on the computer. Yeah, I like that half and half, day and night type of or underground, overground, dark and light. Yeah, I think that was a cool kind of aspect to it, day and night, you know, one full day, 24 hours. Fun fact, the album is 60 minutes on the dot. Hmm. Precise. Precise. That's a full, that's a full, that's a full sundial right there. Yeah. 
and we were kind of uh, thinking in terms of the track list of the or the order of the songs of having it kind of be a cycle of a day. Oh, I, I got to look at these again, though. I mean, not in necessarily in their titles, but in how they make oh, you feel. Interesting. So, oh, like, man. Definitely going to have to listen to that again with that in mind. Yeah, and, you know, there were thoughts of, like, do we start it at... 12 midnight or do we start it as you know the sun rising or waking up and we went with the latter yeah oh that's cool so did you guys uh, did you have this concept before you started writing or did you kind of like start putting together all your music and then like kind of come up with this concept to kind of like combine everything and like shape everything it was kind of half and half, maybe more so later on. We were like, oh, well, this, it actually could work like that. And it does have a flow. Whereas our last album, it was kind of just like songs we've been playing and like want to get them out. And like there, we were questioning the cohesiveness. I think it worked out okay. But this one, I think is a little more cohesive and, yeah. um, and it was cool. The recording process was like over a year. So the first, we started tracking some songs and I think in September of 18. So no. that was before Inner Peaks came out, right? No. Or was that right no, after? That's or not those? right. Wait, March 18? Is that when Inner Peaks came out? April, like spring 2018? Yeah. Okay, so the fall, the following fall. Yes. Which was this past fall? I guess no. so. Yeah. Yeah. I think. <laughs> yeah. Fall of 19. No. No, it was fall of 18 because Inner Peaks was spring of 18. Okay. So fall of 18 is when we, fir- we I think we did like Comida del Alma. Um, okay. So yeah, it's been about a year of tracking and attacking. Yeah. There were like a couple songs that we did and then we waited a while and did some more. And then, like, a few months after that, we it had been four or five months since we'd been in the studio, and we had been playing out a lot. So a lot of our new songs that were very new at the time, which was really cool, being in the studio um, and kind of, like, fleshing out the songs while we're there. Yeah, and just, like, recording it as it's being, like, conceived. Yeah, that was a really, really cool experience. That's, yeah, that's cool. That's, like, yeah, it's much different uh, when you're able to capture something like that as it's happening and like uh, really right on the, uh, the cusp of creativity. <laughs> yeah. Especially, or like, you know, there were a song or two where, you know, none of us, only one per one person brought the song and like none of us had, we hadn't played it before. Oh, wow. Yeah. And so we just kind of just like worked on it and like flushed out the form. We all had like charts in front of us. So that was, that was a cool experience. But some time had passed. We had played a lot on the road, and we were just, you know, the songs had maybe become more defined, and we had become better at playing them. Yeah. So we decided just to, like, retrack three or four of those songs. Okay, yeah, like ones that you had kind of, yeah, nailed down yeah. more. And I, we ended up just doing one or two takes of those. That's, so, yeah. Because we all felt really comfortable. Like, we had been playing these songs for yeah, a few months now. It's definitely, yeah, that's one of the cool things about 
yeah, when you perform songs, it kind of just really like makes you, you know, get get them down really well and get comfortable with them. Yeah, and they like evolve too. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, that's kind of how I want to do the next full band album for Chalk Dinosaurs. Kind of try that out, like uh, get the songs down because I think the last one was it was a lot of writing it as we're recording it kind of stuff um but you know a lot of those song a lot of songs will change as we play them live and then probably like you you guys were feeling like you know they improve yeah and, uh, and it's, it's kind of a predicament because when you release an album you like kind of want it to be new yeah but you know songs really take their true, true form when you play them live so I guess it depends, like, what kind of fan base you have and, like, how many people know your songs and, like, does it even matter? Well, you know, for a more popular band, I guess it matters. It definitely makes the recording process a lot faster, I bet. Well, like you said, it only took you guys, like, a couple takes for the ones that you, you know, <clears throat> trialed and, like, worked on. But, yeah, I know what you mean. But for saying, like, you have a new album of songs that you've been playing for the past year and a half that, like, everybody has heard, and it's like... Oh, it's a new album, but, like, we've heard all these songs. Yeah, you have to think about, like, the only people who have heard them are people at shows, and a lot of people listen to music, you know, that haven't that haven't been to a show, or, like, that don't... Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I, f- I feel that way sometimes whenever I... Whenever we play songs that we've played a lot, um, I feel like, oh, man, everybody's heard this, like, a million times. But then I also remember, you know, like, a lot of people, you know, my perspective of that is skewed because I, you know, because I'm me and like the people that are playing it obviously yeah. are extremely <clears throat> familiar with it and like. Right. Yeah, it's probably some unnecessary pressure that artists put on themselves. I think as long as you're not like uh, hesitating too much with the recording and like, you know hanging on to ideas for too long where then you really just like kind of lose all of like the uh kind of inspired feeling you had i don't know do you guys get that where you like you come up with a new song idea or a new jam or something and it's everybody's kind of favorite thing to play and then you come up with something else and like you know a couple months later like you don't really even want to play this other one because there's other ones that you want to play or something like that. Definitely. That has totally happened where it's like each new song becomes the favorite song. Yeah. And then ones that you used to be real excited about, you know, we'll play some of these ideas that we used to be super excited about. And then be like, I'm not like not feeling it or like, it's yeah. Just keep shifting. Yeah. Got to find the balance. Yeah. And I mean, it's also, it's fun when you come back to him, you know, after not playing him for a while. Mm-hmm. What was I going to say? Yeah, Inner Peaks. I feel like that that was... I felt like that was cohesive to me. Um, but it had a much different feel than the new one. Like, it was... Yeah. It was, like... It was kind of more, like... A lot more, like, dissonance and, like, tritones or something. Like, odd um, melodic stuff. And like more 
funkiness, I guess. It's definitely more funky. And then, yeah, and this one kind of, Nomon, Nomon, really hit, hit some like deep, deeper emotional feelings, I feel like, whenever we were listening to it. Yeah, so I feel like we have been cultivating the sound over the past six years, and you know, it's kind of started out sounding like a lot of other, you know, bands, jam bands, funk, psychedelic, high energy funk, or what have, what have you. But um, you know, within that, we still had our own kind of unique style and playing. And now, after all this time, you know, we really just like dialed in who we are and like what we can produce as a collective group, and. It's different. It sounds, it just sounds different. And I think it's, it's a fresher breath there for us because there's a lot of music going around that's just, you know, you feel like it could be any band yeah. playing it. Right. But we feel like this is ours. Like we, we made this sound. Yeah. Yeah, I would agree with this, with this album. Definitely hit on all of your strengths. I feel like extra more directly with this one yeah also with this one there was less collective writing most of it was someone wrote a song and and shared the you know the chart with everyone and everyone you know maybe you have some guidance for how you want the bass to sound or the drums to sound but everyone kind of just like put their own part to someone's composition yeah interesting yeah which was cool and and you can i mean i can tell because i've been playing with these guys for so long but like you know on the songs you know see if you if you're listening and you've seen us a bunch like see if you can tell who wrote the song (laughs) yeah i'm gonna try i'm gonna try that and i'll send you a Send you my guesses yeah i'll give you a scorecard afterwards you're gonna is this do i win a prize like if i surprise for this maybe <laughs> actually one song was collectively written well i guess technically two on the album the prologue and the epilogue which were just improvisations in the studio we were just thinking let's let's have an ambient jam we had a couple but this one was like seven and a half minutes and we like we really didn't even decide to use it until you know a month or two out from like finalizing the album yeah but our engineer michael bridges um you've been working with him for a while yeah he was our uh he was our lead engineer on inner peaks and mixed that album and mixed this one as well and he mixed that one ambient jam and we were like oh, you know it sounds pretty good like how can we use it like maybe it would be cool to have like an opening and an ending and we kind of yeah. just like found a good stopping point in the middle and split it up yeah, I, I like that. Uh, it kind of intros and outros to albums. Kind of, I feel like that kind of helps. Kind of give it an identity a little bit. Not that that's like a defining sound at all of the album, because you know, they're the only two tracks like that. But just that it kind of makes it more like story esque. Yeah, kind of like introducing the album as a whole. I saw that your brother mastered it too. Yeah. 
That's cool. Is he does he master a lot or is that something he's he's doing right now? So he is an engineer at Sear Sound in uh, Hell's Kitchen, New York City. It's a very well known recording studio. You know, lots of big time jazz and and pop and you know. Yeah. They have me some pictures looked pretty awesome. Yeah, I mean, you go on the website and see who all they've recorded. But he, you know, got that gig, and he is assistant engineer there, and he can use the, um, you know, all the equipment there for as long as nothing's scheduled. Like he can do whatever he wants there. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, and I guess we're not supposed to say that it was done there. So whoever's listening, like, shh. yes, but um. Yeah, but we were, you know, you know, we'd rather use have our album master on all this, you know, top of the line equipment and not yeah. be able to say it. Than, and in a room, yeah, not. that's just like a room tuned for you know listening. Yeah, that's a hard thing to hard thing to get because like the room plays a lot of play a lot of tricks. You yeah. know how different rooms sound when you play. Some of them just sound like shit. Sure. Then it's hard to hard to play. That's cool. Yeah, well, but it was really special to have you know Justin helping us with it because yeah, that's awesome. Because he's my brother and I love him. <laughs> yeah, that's that's awesome. It's 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 always great to have something that you can look at later and be like something that you both kind of contributed to. Yeah, and we used to play in a band together. I mean, we still do play when we get the chance. <clears throat> but, you know, we had been recording our stuff early days, like in our parents' garage, and, you know, he had a whole setup there. So he was just, he's destined to be an audio engineer. Yeah, what were, what was the name of that we were listening to? Yeah. Your de- jams? Delays. Delays. D-E-L-A-I-S-E. Delays. Mm-hmm. Is that where Delbergs comes from? No. That's like your Instagram yeah. handle. That um that comes just from the Italian that I want to be, want to have. Um I'm a quarter Greek, but like I wish I was a no, I'm glad I'm Greek. I just also wish I was Italian. <laughs> <laughs> so like I took Italian in um in high school. And in college, I got a minor in Italian. I worked in an Italian restaurant back at home, um, like during college over the summers. Philly. Yeah. San Nicola, Paoli PA. Really good food. And I I studied abroad in Italy. So, like, I might as well be Italian. Wow, yeah. I thought you were. (laughs) A lot of people do. But then I'm like, no, I'm quite Greek. You know, yeah. Interesting. What is Delberg? What is that? So Del is like a proposition, preposition, um, like of the, of the Berg. Yeah, of the Bergs. Of the Bergs. Ah, that's like what your Italian name would be. Yeah, I guess so. Of the Bergs. Of the Bergs. (laughs) Like I guess you could say, um, you know, spaghetti of the. The spaghetti of the man. Be like, <laughs> e spaghetti del uomo. Spaghetti of del uomo, man. Yeah. It's like, it is the man's spaghetti. Okay, yeah. Spaghetti of the man. I'm of the Berg. 
I am of the Berg. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Michael Del Berg. Okay. Yeah. You know what he's working on? Anything like any stuff he's he's doing right now? Justin? Mm-hmm. Um, he actually collaborated uh, with this woman, Becca Stevens. Um, I heard of her. She was recording at Sear Sound, and I think he was, you know, playing something, and, like, you know, she asked him to just play with her. So he's on her album on that track. Oh, nice. Um, I forget what track it is. I'm sorry, Justin. But uh, Becca Stevens... You can hear it. Latest yeah. release. He must meet so many people at that job. Mm-hmm. And like... Sting. He got Sting. Oh, yeah? Like, he was like, I guess, you know, picking some like food or drink up for him. I think he asked for uh, ginger root. So my brother got Sting. <laughs> ginger root. Nice. But yeah, I mean, just working there, you meet so many different people like and you can make so many different you know connections or like potential like future projects just by yeah like sounds like what has just happened yeah and like you know he's you know contributing creatively yeah pretty cool and he uh he recently got a uh like an old school gibson acoustic and he was just leaving it at the studio for you know because he's there so much, like, he'll play it yeah. when he's there, and, you know, if someone wants to use it, then they can use it. That's pretty sweet. Let's see. I... So, like, back to your songwriting stuff mm-hmm. with, with the band... Was Inner Peaks, was that written in a... You said with Noman, um, someone would bring in some kind of arrangement and everyone, you know, create their own part based on this, you know, structure. Mm-hmm. Was, uh, was Inner Peaks done the same way? Um, not really, because a lot... Inner Peaks was, like, songs that we had already written and played for a while. Yeah. You know, like, some of those songs... And how did you write those, like, initially? Like, The Test or something? Was um, that one of those songs? Yeah, The Test, I guess, was somewhat newer, like... Oh, man. So, something like Lemur Party. Oh, yeah. Like, we wrote that in 2015. Okay. Or Marie, which is bonus. Wait. Sweet. No, that's Sweet Marie. Sweet Marie, yeah. Sweet Marie is unreleased. It got cut. Every album... We were talking about this. Every album has a song that didn't make it. Um, our first EP, a song called Light Bulb, we were just like, fuck this song. Because <laughs> it, did it bug you? Like, what makes you cut a song? Like, you, you just feel like it's not as good as the rest of them or something. Or like something bugs you about the recording. Or... I don't know. It wasn't really me. Like, I really don't care. Like, I think mostly everything sounds good. <laughs> For some reason, it was... Feeling like it should shouldn't yeah, be well, with the actually, others. Yeah, actually, with light bulb, the chorus just kind of was lame, super lame. Do you still feel that way if you listen to it? You know, after a couple years have gone by and you're not like yeah, the chorus is still pretty lame. 
It has a cool uh, A section, funky, and with a cool like stop thing. Yeah, I guess you could rework that into something, and you know, switch out the part that yeah you didn't like. And that always comes up in a conversation, like, should we rework this? And then so we just like, no, let's just like write something new because yeah. we're better now. That's exactly. Yeah, that's that's exactly what yeah. happens for so. me too. I'm always like, it's like more f- exciting to try and come up with something new. Yeah. So light bulb with first EP and then Sweet Marie on Inner Peaks, which um, we were talking about songwriting. I I wrote um, that one. I think either John or Jason helped out on the B section, but that the opening harmonics on that was like the first thing I played when I got my new uh, modulus space. Oh, really? In 2016, I was just like, oh my god, like. This resonates so well, <laughs> and like playing harmonics was like it's lasting forever. And I just like started playing around the harmonics, and like came a song. That's pretty. That's a cool story. It's an inspired, uh, inspired riff. Yeah, from the new, the new gear, new gear. And so the song that got cut on Nomen is Carbon Copy. Mm, my which, favorite delay pedal. Yeah. Sorry. Continue. <laughs> Um, which we haven't played recently, but we've definitely played it a handful of times live. But with that one, the recording just wasn't... So Sweet Marie got cut because it felt or sounded different than the rest of the songs. Definitely did have a different feel, yeah. Yeah, it's more of like a jant, like a jammy, hippie vibe thing. Yeah, like, like, a, like a... Yeah, it's like a very joyous song. I feel yeah. like it's kind of like D D D or something. Mm. Like that. That's like what it reminds me of, like that feeling a little bit. Interesting. Which I love that song too. That's like one of my favorites. We still play that one a bunch. Yeah, I remember at yeah at the New Year's. That was a that was that was a that was a strong one, or it felt that way to me. Yeah, I was also playing tambourine on the side. <laughs> which I'm like a little bit embarrassed about now. Why? Because I, like, thought I was, like, adding, like, oh, yeah, tambourine always adds some energy, and they're, like, getting more energy now. But at the same time, like, just, like, in the corner, like, playing tambourine. And yeah, like, no one could pretty, hear you. I don't know. Tambourine's pretty loud. I saw Marina, like, look <laughs> back, like, where's that coming from? I don't know. Anyway. Anyway, I'm glad it. you were playing it. It was, it was fun. I, I hope it didn't throw anybody off that I was... Like, it didn't. I didn't even notice. Like, I do it over there. Good, <laughs> good. Because I saw John look back. I'm like, yeah, I'm part of the band. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, but that one was. So we did a handful of songs with Aiden, who was our original original member of the band. At. At New Year's. The show you're talking about, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you played so, a long time with you guys. Yeah, it was about an hour, um, and we just played like the songs, the old songs. It was probably like half and half songs that we still play today and songs that we haven't played in years. Yeah. So how did you like coordinate that? Um, we just sent him the songs that we were willing or that we wanted to play with him, and mm-hmm. we just practiced them on our own. And we didn't, you know, rehearse with him at all. But yeah. it all, you know, it just came together. Well, he's yeah. He seems like the kind of person that would be able to do that really well. Yeah. And just like, he seems really, really good at 
I don't know. He plays with so many different people, it seems like. Yeah. But he only plays keys with it. Like, he doesn't play keys in other projects. That's true, yeah. It's just it's bass. mostly bass. But, you know, it was kind of just like the old chemistry. It just, you know, yeah. came back. It's like riding a bike. That was cool. Was it? Was that fun to get to play with? Like, how long has it been since you guys had, had done that? Um, There was a time we played Chicago when I just took a break and he came up and played bass for a couple songs but him playing keys probably wasn't it was probably like uh, i think it was august of 26 no maybe it was 2015 now i remember him at a farm gym that i was at 20 which so it had to have been at least 2016 okay then it was probably yeah it was 2016 it's the fly like an eagle yeah year <laughs> which i love that song it's a great song great dad song all the dads love it yeah maybe that's yeah as i grow more <clears throat> into that you know age bracket yeah speaking of dads one of the old songs we brought back to play with him was dad life oh yeah <laughs> i forgot about that one <laughs> joe marino loves that song and he like before dad life <laughs> I think before he even knew that Aiden was coming back for it or it was going to be there, he was like, yo, like, can you guys play dad life? Like, please. Like, if this is the last show. Like, please. Yeah. And we were like, actually, we were planning on it. Yeah, that was good. I liked that. Was that, a, was that on an album? No. Could be on the B-sides. Yeah. Yeah, I guess we already have a B-sides in the process of the yeah. three songs that didn't make it. I think Sweet Sweet Marie should definitely be available to the public at some point. Because I will. really like that one. Yeah, and I think it will. You know, we could release it at some point. But back to... So we just went on a giant tangent. Um, back to the songs that were cut. Carbon Copy was cut because of um, the overdubbed guitar solos. Just It sounded too different from... You know, the, um, either the rhythm or the, you know, during the actual composed part, the non-solo part. Yeah, it, it, like, it didn't sound like it was fitting into, like, the song as the whole or something? Is yeah, it mean? just sounded too, um... Or you mean, like, mix-wise, like, it was, like, sticking out of the mix? Mix-wise. Not oh, okay. necessarily sticking out, but I think it's just, like, the tones were just so different. Yeah, it was a little jarring or something. Yeah, it was just, you know, and that's something that I didn't pick up on or even, like, cared about. Yeah. But, you know, for John and Jason, they, you know, it was important to them. And they I mean, if they're the player, one yeah. of them's the players, yeah, that, that's that's why I was, like, in that, the soundboard recording from Thunderbird, it's the same thing, like, the, the synth sticks out some, I don't know if you, like, listen to that at all, but at certain parts, the synth is just, like, so much louder than everything. And yeah. Yeah. So for those, I've got the carbon copy syndrome there. Yeah. What are you gonna do? I mean, music like musically though. Do you think that's an idea that you'd put out there? You know, if it weren't for that thing, yeah, which you could potentially change. Yeah, but it's much. It'd, it'd be hard to. I don't know how hard it'd be, but you'd have to like you know the guitars would have to try and match their tone to what it was before. So it's like not something that could be 
it's like it would be too drastic of a change that would require somebody to like actually replay the the part yeah okay was it what what kind of tone was it i'm just curious um i don't know like a saturation tone or like some kind of like wah tone or something no, I think it was maybe more like hard, distort not distorted, but like fiercer. Yeah. Which, but like that's, you know, in my eyes right now, like that seems reasonable because guitarists will step on a pedal when they start the solo. So like that kind of seems like somewhat normal. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, it's a nice sound. Sometimes. Yeah. Most, I mean, I, I like it a lot of time. Yeah, I don't know. This tone, tone's a very personal thing, though, you know? Yeah. You're, you're more sensitive to your own tone, I feel mm. like. Or, you know, something that would bother me about a take or something that I did might not occur to somebody else. Sure. But, yeah. yeah. End of the day, you got to respect the musician and what they're doing and their thoughts on their work. Yeah, for sure. When uh, I was listening to the the audio from the Clock Dinosaur show, and there's this one part <coughs> where John steps on uh, the ring modulator thing, and it's like this funky beat, and Steve's like playing like this cowbell the Moog and John, yeah, like I've I've never heard anybody use a ring modulator that much, or like um, I don't know. He used it in a really cool way. Where when I would use like a ring modulator pedal, I'd be like, "What am I like? How can I use this uh, like musically?" And he was using it as like it was like a percussive, like. Uh, like a it was DJ like a, scratch. Yeah, it was like a sound effect, like percussion rhythmic element that was, there's like a 30 second stretch that I really liked out of that. that Definitely cool. a percussive take on it. Yeah, it's like not supposed to be like a melody or like a solo or something. It's just like, yeah. a, like a pulsing thing, which was sweet. <laughs> that was like the perfect thing for that. Anytime he would ever whip that out during a show, we would all look <laughs> over him and just be like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that seems like one of those pedals that would be real easy to abuse. Yeah. Like my and every time I get a a pedal, I feel like I'm I'm on that pedal a lot. You know, then you It's like the new song. It's like the most fun. Right. But yeah, it was a very tasteful use of ring modulator. Definitely. Where did that come from? Oh, the tone. From uh, the different tones, carbon copy being cut. Yeah. B-sides. B-sides. Yeah, so, I don't know, like, the album comes at an interesting interesting timing. Uh like what do you what do you think what do you think you'll you'll do in 2020 kind of musically musically i uh i actually just bought a little interface <laughs> and i'd like to record you know just for purposes of like 
you know, there's so many times in my room playing where it sounds really cool, and then, like, it just goes away forever. It's gone. I'm uh, very excited about your your decision to uh, get into recording a little bit. Yeah, and I'll just, like, you know, turn it on, do my playing, and uh, if something cool happens, then I'll have it. That's great. Yeah, it's so much fun. It's, like, that's my favorite thing, just, like, capturing ideas and kind of trying to, like, flesh them out, and it's it's very fun. That's ex- yeah. that's that's cool. There's also, like, there's a, you know, I probably, there's some stuff I've written, maybe it's not, like, super long song, but songs I've written over the years that it'd be cool to, you know, have down on paper, so to speak. Yeah, yeah. And so have. I'd like to do that. And then have friends play things. Mm-hmm. You know, I've even thought about, I have a drum set in my room, so like I could you know, set up a couple mics and yeah, track drums w- over it. Or Steve. That attic would be sweet. The, I was like, a, I remember the drums were really fun to play up there. Yeah. Yeah, and it sounds pretty good. Yeah. Or like Steve can come over and play drums, or Steve Light, who, you know, is my roommate, lives in my house, can just play guitar, or I'll send it to my brother, and he can play guitar, or send it to you, you can put guitar keys over it. Yeah, that would that would, that's a that's a can of worms worth opening there. Yeah, so that's a goal in twenty twenty of mine, um, and I'd also just like to play around more. Um, you mean play around in what way? Uh, with with uh, you know a couple different projects. You mean like shows? Yeah. So um, I was in a group with Kelsey Hillock uh, singing and. Ryan Salisbury on guitar, and either Dan Leon on drums or Jason Washington on drums. Man, I don't know any of these people. They're uh, Dan and Ro- and Ryan are more like jazz guys who I met through Jason. Okay, they had both like played with Jason. Like I met Dan at the Abbey because he was drumming for Jason, and I just seen Ryan around. He went to Pitt and through John and Jason. So they're probably really good. Yeah, they are. They're <laughs> great musicians. Um, and Kelsey's a really great singer, but she has seemed to maybe it lost, not lost interest, but like pursuing other things. Yeah. Um, but SJ, Sarah Jane Kirkland from Shaq Nicholson has expressed interest in being involved with other projects. Yeah. So she w- could sing and we're trying to do this, you know, for 2020, you know, just like small little gigs around the city. Yeah. So what kind of, what does that sound like? Do you think? So with, with Kelsey, people. it was kind of like a soulful pop, be funky type thing. Yeah. But, um, you know, that can slightly change, you know. With SJ, I think the song list, song choices will be a little bit different. Uh, maybe like less poppy, more like R&B, like some like Erykah Badu stuff. Yeah. Okay. So you were going to play, so this would be like covers? So you're saying? Yeah, it'd be mostly covers. Yeah. Man, I'm terrible at covers. In terms of like, <laughs> like I don't know any any music. Like I like didn't learn how to play music. Or like I yeah I just don't know any songs. Well, I mean you have to learn them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. You know. Yeah, you and I think it's really fun to like <laughs> learn songs. You know, one it gives you a goal and some structure 
and like, okay, I am going to learn this song. Right. So when I learn a song that I've never heard before, I'll listen to it on repeat for a few days. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, if your musicianship is at a certain level, if you know the song in your head, you can pretty much play it. Yeah. So for me, like, I try and just, like, know the song. Yeah. Like, know what's going to happen. Yeah. And if you can hear it in your head, it really helps to, you know, try and translate that yeah, through your like instrument. Singing a me- being able to, like, sing a melody or yeah. something. Oh, that's, yeah. And, you know, it's not always perfect, but uh, it helps. Yeah. I think uh, the couple times that I've recorded... I've recorded covers, which is, is different than learning to play it all the way through. But, like, recording covers was always interesting because you kind of get to, like, take a seat in, like, their brain and, like, how they put together a song and, like, what kind of chords they're using and stuff. And that, was, that was always interesting. Like, uh, was it All I Want for Christmas is You, the Mariah Carey yeah. song? When I was playing that, I was like, Man, this song's like amazing. Like, I appreciated that song a lot more. Yeah, I feel like that happens a lot. Like, you just even if it's a song like you don't like, yeah. Like, all I want for Christmas is you. <laughs> <laughs> you don't like that song? I mean, have you listened to it like with an unbiased? No, I haven't. It's just because you, you know, it's like it's like all the it's like every other band playing the Grateful Dead. It's like you've heard it so many times. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. It's yeah. Yeah, I never, I don't know. There was just, like, one time that I heard it. I think it was, it, my alarm clock went off and, like, the song started. So I had, like, just woken up and, like, uh, Is your alarm clock the radio? Yeah. Or do you wake up to Mariah Carey every day? <laughs> every day since then, <laughs> it's been Mariah Carey. But you wake up to the radio. radio. Yeah. That's cool. It's, like, it's good because to turn my alarm off, I don't have to look at my phone, which sometimes can lead to me, like, checking email and just, like, finding random stuff to look at. But sometimes it goes off, and then I just want to, like, listen. Then I just, like, lay down and listen to the radio. Yeah. So I'd probably be better off with, like, a abrasive buzzer. Man, fuck that, though. <laughs> yeah, I know. I do pick songs... That I have on my phone to wake up to. I was doing that for a while. So you, how frequently do you change them? Because I, I've, uh, I've like abused songs in that way, and now I'm like, every time I hear that song, I'm like, oh, it's time to wake up. <laughs> um, I don't know. Sometimes it's months. Okay, so you that know, doesn't could be two months, could be six months. Yeah. It is. Yeah. It, it is pretty. It is much better. Like, I don't know. Songs definitely can make you feel a certain way just from hearing them. Like, uh, certain songs, yeah, just yeah. make you feel good, yes, that's... But, I, I mean, I like waking up to something, like, easy. Yeah, not like a... Ding, ding, yeah. ding, ding, Do you want to know what my two songs are right now? Because I set yeah. two alarms. <clears throat> I'll tell you mine, because okay. sometimes I wake up to songs as well, and I don't feel like waking up to the advertising of the radio. Right. So this first song is Death Cab for Cutie. It's called Brothers on a Hotel Bed. And Unexpected. Yeah. So 
This, man, I was in high school. I think I was a sophomore. My sister was a, no, I was a freshman. Sister was a senior. She picked me up from my friend's house late at night. I was in a different mindset. And this song was playing. And, you know, I wasn't normally, like, a fan of the band. But um, this was playing. And uh, it just really it hit me in such a way. And that'll happen sometimes, you know, you don't like something and then you hear it again and the circumstances have changed. Yeah, the settings definitely. Settings change and then you develop an appreciation for it. Ah, oh, that's interesting. Yeah, I was I was like a huge Death Cab for Cutie fan. So <laughs> this this song definitely listened to this one a lot. This was when I was like a freshman in college, I think. Hmm. This was when I was real into like songwriting and stuff yeah when the drums come in is when I remember like being in the car with my sister and being like oh yeah it's I was thinking about that with with like things that you read too and, and like words that you hear like some perspectives or advice they might read or hear depending on circumstances like might not resonate with you at all but then if it if they reach you like at the right time, then it can kind of change your thinking. Yeah. Death Cab's, you know, I really like a lot of their their songs, especially well up until like Plans or Narrow Stairs, but it's it's so like emotionally heavy, all of it. Do you think lyrically or like the sounds that the instruments are making? A lot of the sounds are and melodies are like very melancholy, both. And then the lyrics yeah. are, they're not like necessarily like sad lyrics, but just like. Well, his voice is really soft. Yeah. But like, yeah, lyrically deep in a way, not always that I want to like put myself in. I feel like because I'll listen to other music like Wolfpack or something and the feeling that that gives me is like preferable to the feeling that a more somber mm. type of music like Radiohead gives me. Yeah. Like Radiohead. Somber. I haven't really gotten into like a super you know, I haven't I haven't really gotten into it that much. I like a lot of it and I saw I saw them live which was completely different than what I would have expected. Mm. But yeah, I, like the, um, it like puts me in a weird mood. I never got super into Radiohead. I've definitely enjoyed a handful of their songs. Yeah. Even like a lot. I'm like, this is awesome. Like My Iron Lung or something. I don't know. Just... Yeah. It's just a few for me. But like, right. you know, I've never been like, I need to listen to more Radiohead. Like, right. Which a lot I, of people have <clears throat> that. They yeah. They feel that connection so strongly. Yeah. There's probably other bands like that. Well, there's plenty of other bands like that. I still haven't gotten, like, super absorbed into, like, the Grateful Dead world, for instance. But I that's also just because I haven't I haven't listened to. To enough yet. Yeah. There's so many bands like that, and so many like classic bands that is almost embarrassingly absent from my like 
what I've heard. It's just, I just like haven't heard a lot of stuff. Yeah, same with me. Like some of the stuff that comes up in conversation with the band sometimes. They're like, oh, hey, really? you haven't heard this? So I was like, <laughs> no. <laughs> but, you know, everyone has their own, you know, where you are with music now is stems from where you were at with music when you were 10. Yeah. Like, just, yeah. I, like, I see my music taste as like a linear line, you know, and sometimes, you know, it circles back and, you know. Well, yeah, you, you take little bits that you like that kind of like that stick out to you i feel like you kind of just like store those things that you like about all these different types of music and then that just comes out naturally as like a smoothie of all that stuff Mm, smoothies yeah smoothies are good i'm trying to think the uh my alarms are usually set back to this Here's a here's a guy the the guys might know, Joe Pass. Joe Pass. He, you know Joe Pass. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. His live album Meditation. I'll wake up to that sometimes. Cause I don't know. It's just like pretty gentle. Yeah, it's pure. And like his picture in the in the album cover, just like looks like a jolly guy (laughs) so sometimes it's that and sometimes it's it's like a hawaiian lap steel nice just like like waking up in spongebob land yeah (laughs) (laughs) but now that song like it's a little bit messed up for me now I still like it, but it changes something about the way I hear it. Same thing happened with Lettuce Fly, that album. Mm. Actually, the first track, like, once those first notes sound, it's, like, triggering. Like, you can't listen to it anymore. No, I can listen to it. I can. It just, like, when I hear those notes, like, triggers a feeling. But, yeah, no, it's not ruined. I still like the song. Also, I'm not waking up against my will usually, so I don't like grow to hate my alarm the right. way that sure. some people might. When yeah. The alarm means getting out of bed to do something you don't want to do. I've been there. Yeah. I feel like every day for school, um, until I until I got to college, maybe even through college, was, was like I didn't want to go to school. Yeah. My high school aren't like in high school and before my alarm was always like, the, eh, eh, eh. <laughs> but that was before you could, re- I mean, you could set it to the radio, but now you can to... customize everything. Yeah. I had one of those like dingy bell alarm clocks, which mm. is extremely loud, but <laughs> I was like an extremely deep sleeper that didn't want to get out of bed in the morning at that age. So mm. I needed to like go for the the loudest possible i thought about making i thought about making like my own wake up tracks then i would just play through my speakers maybe some some kind of yeah i don't know i actually used that before really uh, one of the jams from me and my brother and and a friend or two from home 
you know, we just we record if we can, we'll record the jams like an hour or two long or whatever. Yeah. And I just set that as my alarm. Oh, nice. And I enjoyed it. I think since then that has I've had a new phone or something and don't have it on my phone anymore, but but it was pleasant because it also brings back a memory. Like music is the perfect memory. Like every time you hear something, you associate it with something. Yeah. For sure, for sure with music, yeah, like any period of your life, if you hear a song that you were listening to a lot from that period, it it's like uh yeah, very brings you back to that. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, if you had a if you had a piece of music that always brought to mind a pleasant memory or something, yeah, that's that's a pretty powerful and like reliable way to kind of wake up in a good place. Yeah, like there's a song um, from a band called the Sim Redmond Band. A song called "All's Not Lost" and has a very like beachy vibe, but it's like it has some uns to it. But it's very, yeah. It's like uh, you mean like dance beat. Yeah, it's like a. And but it's got like the island vibe, and I was in the Bahamas with like you know my fifteen best friends from home over in like there's the it's like New Year's Eve twenty fifteen. Oh, you guys, you went to the Bahamas with that big of a group. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, it was really cool. But I played the song in the car one day with like a few of the girls that I was with and you know they fell in love with the song and then just a couple weeks ago Ashley texted me he was like I'm listening to the song and like I'm remembering the Bahamas and and I love it and like that's what it is it just takes you back to where you were that's pretty cool yeah yeah man that was uh, one of my family vacations I heard the song Tiki Nights about a million times. I don't know if you ever heard that. Tiki, 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 tiki nights. I don't think so. It's also it's also very unts. Mm. Um, I really like it, but that that song is forever now. It's just like carved into my memory as that trip. I feel like, yeah, that kind of happens. That happens a lot. That's cool. Yeah. If I had an alarm, if I could like create an alarm that would make me laugh a lot when I heard it, like something that I thought was really funny, that could be, that could be good too. Speaking of laughing, have you heard of the band Dynamite Hack? Uh, sounds familiar, but w- explain like what... I know nothing about them. Dynamite Hack, that sounds really familiar, but, but I can't bring to mind anything specific. They have a song, I don't know if it's on Spotify here, um, but in high school, they have a song called Laughing. I don't think it's on here. But all it is is like people, it's like one person laughing, and then another person laughing, and then another person, like, then they all start laughing, and you can't help yourself but laugh by the end of it. Really? Like, by the end of it, you're cracking up. <laughs> wow. Maybe, maybe you need to be stoned. But it generally just makes you laugh. And that's all the song is. Check that out. I feel like right now for me, the track that would make me do that, that I know of, is Robot Land of Farts. (laughs) Did I play that for you? 
I don't know. It's like we're making fart sounds on a synthesizer. I remember doing that. <laughs> <laughs> they can become very realistic and, but also like sound like I don't know. Anyway, yeah. release that someday. My uh, friend's older brother, when I was in high school, he was making you know electronic music, weird stuff. One of the songs was "Fart Salad." <laughs> And uh, those might have been the only lyrics. <laughs> those are <your> lyrics? <laughs> I forget. Fart salad. Fart salad. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Let me see what else I got here on my short list of stuff. Cool. Oh, you're so close. Oh, there it is. If you want another one, there's one in the portable fridge, the koozie. It's a little trick there. If you don't have a fridge. Wow. Neat idea. Yeah. Where do... Oh, scary drawing. Uh, what's like the, the basis of the... The clock reads as a, a lot of good, strong Latin vibes in their music that I really like. I mean, that's what I... That's what I think there are Latin vibes. Like, I, I don't know. What are they? What is that sound? Definitely Latin vibes. And I love it. Um, like, where did that come from? I'm going to have to say it's mostly on Steve. Because a lot of times we'll be in a jam. And, you know, like, when it's time to change the feel or change the vibe of the jam. Yeah. We'll fall into, you'll just, like, fall into something. Like, we all know that, like, after this bar, like, we're going to do something different. Like, right, subconsciously, yeah, yeah. we just know. Right. It's building to that. And point. a lot of the times it, you know, sometimes, well, because it's easy, you know, if I'm doing, like, a do, ding, 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 like, you know, the Latin vibes. And I know Steve loves that kind of percussive beat. And I think, I'm not sure if he's the one who kind of, like, started with all of us, but... You know, because, like, El Gato Del Fuego has Latin vibes. That was, like, the first song ever written by the Clock Reads. Yeah. Yeah, I love that song. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. Obviously, the beat definitely, like, sets the tone. Yeah. So, you know, it would. <clears throat> and it's, you know, it's fairly simple for me to change what I'm playing to fit that. And I think it's a, it's, like, a comfort zone. You know, it's something we all just feel comfortable doing, and then, like, something can build off of that. But, like, it's a good basis, starting point. For yeah, it's a great sound. It's like, yeah. it's like it's like a good-feeling sound. Yeah. It's like, for some reason, it reminds me of the beach, even though it's... I guess there's a lot of beaches and areas where music might sound like that, but I've always liked that that part. And I also feel like I never really hear that anywhere. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I don't. No, nobody. At least in not in jam music much. Not in jam. Yeah, not in you know jam. some t- I, maybe in jazz. Maybe probably jazz or something. I don't know. I don't know. Like I could see like you know fish or maybe the string cheese like going into that sort of feel. Something. Yeah, like, fish it's, definitely it's still does different have though. Like the way you, like I yeah. feel like Mo sometimes goes into feels like yeah. that a little bit. At least beats kind of like that, but I still feel like it, it's. It's a good bit different when you guys do it. 
Well, thanks. Extra Latin. Yeah, I mean, it just has this like cool, like worldly vibe that that like you're saying, like you don't hear in other places, and it's refreshing. It's just like it's nice to hear something different. Yeah, and it's like a. I feel like it it trans it, it like uh, yeah like transfers into other like funk vibes or something like pretty naturally. Yeah, it's a good fuser. I don't know. Because we we love to fuse genres. And, you know, how to bridge from one to the next. Sometimes we have no idea what that's going to sound like. Yeah. But, you know, maybe it's that Latin feel that'll bridge us from one to the next. Yeah. How do you guys... How did you guys start playing together, like... And, like, how does the, the live show... Like, how do you... How do you guys, like, work on that stuff? Like, your transitions and, like, improvised sections and kind of, like, uh, because, the you know, the new album's very, you know, it's all very, it's not very concisely jammy. composed. Yeah. And, like, uh, there's some solos and stuff, but, like, it's very concise. But the live shows, one of those songs could go on. And I'll forget that it's even the same song because it goes into some another completely different thing. Then you know, then it comes back. And like, yeah. how do you guys do like work on that stuff? So I guess there's stuff that's planned and there's stuff that's not planned. And stuff that's not planned is always like way more fun, and <laughs> and sometimes it's a little more natural. Just yeah, interesting. It's like oh, like it's like oh, like we're already playing this other thing, or it's like oh, we could easily go into this and then like. You know, that's where communication comes in. And it's like, that communication is so important. But also, sometimes you, like, don't even need to look at someone. Look at the, or your band member, because... You hear what they're playing. You just, like, yeah. Kind of what they're hinting at. Yeah, that happened at... I forget if it happened at New Year's. But it happens often. Of just, like... I, mean, I captured a video of you guys doing a lot of... <laughs> A lot of face looking at each other because you guys were going to do something and something was about to happen. That could have been during during the test. We had talked about maybe going into the verse and chorus of Vaseline by Stone Temple Pilots. Mm -hmm. And it was one of those things where it was like, all right, you know, we'll see where we are and decide then if we want to do it or not. Or like maybe we'll just tease it a little bit, but like John isn't sure if he's going to sing it or not. So I remember like jamming on that one section. Yeah, that was it. Yeah, that was it. (laughs) And I looked up John. I was like, "You gonna sing?" And he was like, "Yeah." And then like some time passed, and like nothing happened. I was like, "Are you gonna sing?" Like, did I hear you right? Like, are you gonna sing? And he was like, "Yeah." And then like eventually Steve got the word, and then and then he started singing it. But that was something (laughs) that like we didn't know if we were gonna do that or not. Yeah. Um, Is that something that you? played before in, in practice like you jam on it or we played it at one show at cativo in a couple years ago is that in lawrence is that in the strip Wait, lawrenceville, lawrenceville 44th street oh yeah that's like the basement yeah that's where they would have a bunch of shows when the t-bird wasn't open um so we played it there never played it again and then like a couple days before new year's when we were rehearsing we just like kind of like went over it yeah and uh you know, just like one of the things, like, oh, if we're feeling it, we'll do it. There's a lot of that. It's like... Kind of game time. Yeah. Call. But, and, you know, as for being a band for a handful of years, it's, you know, it's, you have to pay attention. You can't just, like, 
get zoned out on your instrument. You can during some certain parts, but like you gotta remember to like look up. Yeah, I know. It's hard. <laughs> it's hard for me to do that. Get out of my own world and pay attention to. Yeah, and that's something super hard that I don't really have to do because I don't take solos a lot. But to cue when someone's soloing and they're cueing you out yeah. of their solo, right? Yeah, yeah. Like I'm done now. Yeah, like but you have to look up during your solo before you're done and let people know that this is it. <laughs> this is the last time I'm gonna solo. Right. Yeah. And so when I did take solos, you know, I would look up right at the end of my solo. <laughs> yeah, I'd be like, yeah, just. But that's something hard that you that. But takes, if everybody's not like paying close attention to you, they might not. Yeah. Then there's been a handful of times where John or Jason will look at me, and this is the last time I'm going to solo over the section. But like Steve, still deep in whatever he's doing. So uh, they so end up just sees the signal. yeah. So they end up just soloing again, and sometimes like that sucks if like you feel like you were. You know, that was a perfect way to end your solo. But now you're, like, forced to, like, do more. And it right, may not yeah. be, like, the best, Maybe like, last Maybe unexpectedly, yeah. Like, you've, you've ended on a phrase. Yeah. And then you got to open it back up. Yeah, that... that. Yeah, I, I feel like, at least with the with the guys that I play with, Nick and Andrew and John, we're, we're getting pretty good, I feel like, at hearing the audio cues, I guess. Like, whenever... Whenever John is soloing, I can pretty much hear based upon what he's doing if he's if it's the end or not. Just like I guess just from getting to know like how he plays and stuff. Yeah. And I feel like uh, you mentioned earlier about a lot of times being able to kind of like subconsciously know when something's gonna change. That's like, uh, <laughs> I guess th- that's kind of the only way that eye contact is, eye contact is literally like the only communication that we have. Like we have a signal and that is just like, look at each other, <laughs> like, all right, it's happening now. <laughs> yeah. Like whatever's going to happen is happening now. Well, there's a lot of times when you look at someone while you're playing and you don't know like which way you're it's like yeah or like no but yeah, like, yeah. there's no head shaking it's like, no, but it's I'm like just jamming. and then you end up just like <laughs> <laughs> right yeah trying to make the cues yeah more, like obvious also like how do you do you guys communicate if you're doing like a an improvised section in in your show you you build that into a song i mean based on from what i've played with you you, you will build that into a section of a song and then you'll come back to a song and that yeah for like a type two jam yeah just like up for like we there's this jam window here and then eventually we're gonna get back to yeah so most of the time for a song we know it's gonna go type two and we know that it's gonna type two type two so like you know type one and type two jams diabetes (laughs) (laughs) what do you mean so type one is like basically just soloing over a chord progression. Okay. And yeah. maybe that chord progression changes a little bit. Right, but you're, yeah, it's but like it's part p- of a, a song, like yeah. solid chord progression. Yeah. But it's still like a jam. Yeah. But then there's type two where like you leave that chord progression and you start something new. Right, you just go in completely un- yeah. untested yeah. stuff. So we generally know which songs are going to go type two. But, you know, 
everyone, one in eight, one in ten, it's like, oh, that song wasn't planned on going type two, but it did. Yeah. But, um, so for the ones that we like generally know are going to go type two, like we know to come back to it unless we start, unless another song starts coming in naturally. Oh yeah. Like, like, yeah. Somebody starts like yeah. hinting at a melody from another song or something. So like, you know, if that, Is that happens, how that happens, like someone will like tease a melody from a, a different song or like a baseline or something. Oh yeah. And that's like how everybody will know, like, all right, we're going to this song. And then most of the times we'll just end up going to that song and not coming back to that first song. Yeah, but sometimes we do, or sometimes we just tease that song. <laughs> do you ever have you ever like tr- have you ever gotten into a a song and then a type two jam into another song that you weren't planning on and then into another type two jam and then back to the original song like some kind of crazy like yeah that's happened for sure you end up just getting back to it somehow yeah or it's like we know we'll like we'll look at each other to go back to that first song what's the signal for that we'll just yell so- it out. Okay. <laughs> and you know, there were times when I was like, do we want that as part of our performance where people can tell that like, we're being like, oh, do this, do that. But then I came to realize that like, that's cool to see. Like when I go see live music, like I want to see the band communicating with each right, other. Right. Yeah. Like, I think that's cool. So I do too. So maybe at first that would bother me. Um, but like I quickly like got over that because maybe it seems like not as like you're not prepared or rehearsed or yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I I mean, I think there's, yeah, no, I think that's definitely cool. Cause then, then people, people that see that, you know, feel, I feel like more connected to what's happening because they maybe feel like more on the same page, like seeing a band communicate and then hearing what they're doing kind of. Yeah, it gives more of a feeling of things being, like, spontaneous. Yeah, and that's honestly, like, my favorite times playing as a band is the shit that wasn't planned. Like, (laughs) that's, like, the most fun I've had is when, like, something just comes out of nowhere or, like... Yeah. And what, like, yeah. So, how how do you guys decide how much of that to put in to, like, figure into a set, like, a, you know, set of an hour or an hour and a half or something? So prior to like a year and a half, two years ago, it would be like, whatever, like we'll start playing and like that song, that first song will go on for 20 minutes. Okay. So it was super. Very lax at first. Very exploratory. Very, yeah. And then, but then a lot of those jams just end up being like one chord jams where it gets like. It can get, yeah, it can can get get boring, stale. It's like. And how do you get out of that? <laughs> yeah. So we decided a year and a half, two years ago, like, let's just try to have, like, a couple of those times. Even just, like, as little as one one type of jam like that, a set, mm-hmm. you know, for playing an hour. Yeah. Then that's reasonable. And that way nothing gets stale. Right. You have something solid to kind of yeah. come back to. But then some other times there'll be three or four of those. And yeah. if it's natural, then it works out. Um, right. But, you know, if it's just, like, a forced, okay, this one's going to jam, and, like, we don't really know what's going to happen. Right. If, if, yeah, so let's just keep strumming, go like, through the motions. Right, yeah. Not we wanted keep, to, not. like, minimize that. Right. Yeah, that's always, that's the tough part, because, I mean, I've had the same experience where, yeah, like, the un, the spur of the moment unplanned stuff is super fun, and it's really... Uh, yeah, it's just like really fun and some of my favorite 
musical ideas have come out of that. But yeah, at the same time, for every so much of that, you know, it takes a lot of other stuff sometimes to like get to those places. And like, it's, yeah, it's hard to capture that spontaneous, like getting into like a, a cool new idea that everybody's kind of building together. Yeah. In like a in the, in a way that yeah, you're not like going on for too long because when you're in that zone, you know, 20 minutes would feel like 5 minutes. Yeah. Like you won't realize that you've been jamming on the same groove for so long if it's something that you're like really into like yeah. Yeah, and you know, these decisions whether or not to do these things are based around set time, set length. Yeah. Are we playing okay. an hour or are we playing two sets? Because if we're playing two sets, like, you know, that takes the pressure off, like, trying to have a sweet, spontaneous jam within a certain time frame. Yeah. And if right. you take that away, then things come more naturally and they end up usually working out rather than just shit. Like, it's already been 10 minutes and, like, we haven't had, like, a sick jam yet. Yeah. So that kind of, like, goes away when you have more time to play. Right. So. so you guys like to start out with that or do you like to like do some songs and then kind of work jams in the middle and then like end with like some succinct stuff? It all depends. Like, you know, if we, if we're unsure about how it sounds on stage, like mix wise, then like, oh yeah, then we might need to jam a little bit to like settle in. Right. But yeah. also we don't want to blow our load on the first song. Yeah. Uh, you guys, you guys are very good at not blowing your load. I feel like, in terms of, what you disagree? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Sometimes, yeah. <laughs> I feel like you guys are always very controlled. Sometimes we are. Sometimes we're not. What does that even mean for you guys? Like, like, only uh, like releasing too much energy in the beginning and like things getting too loud and like uh like wound up or something I don't know I think it could also I mean it depends how much time we have like you know is the peak of the set with the most people in front of us going to be in the middle if so like let's definitely not blow the load on the first song yeah but like if you're coming out you know, say you're headlining a show and, like, you know, the crowd's there. So, like, you step on stage and, like, there's people in front of you. Then, like, then I think it's, like, you know, sure, go start with a bang. Yeah. And then bring it down and, like, come back up again. But it just really depends on a case-by-case basis of where we are. Right. Like, if there's nobody there, like, you don't want to do that at the beginning. Yeah, but if no one's there and, like, you know, like, no one else is coming... Well then, you those do sometimes end up being the best shows because like we don't give a fuck and like we yeah. just do whatever we want to do and it ends up being pretty cool most of the time. Yeah, yeah. Pressure. I mean, the, no, no. Yeah, pressure and expectations are definitely a huge factor in in my playing. Like, uh, just comfort level. It really affects how well I can play. It's pretty, pretty crazy. I feel like sometimes. Yeah, it's how like, good I'll feel sometimes and how bad I'll feel other times based on how comfortable I am. Yeah, I kind of see comfort as like a shield of armor. And like, you know, if you have all this armor on, it's hard to move around. 
But if you take that off, like, you're free to just go with things. And, like, some, a lot of times that works better. Yeah, if you can, yeah, just let go of, uh, yeah, just kind of get out of your head a bit, or at yeah. least for me. Yeah, definitely. I got to go to the bathroom. Word. Um, what's your, if you have to go at any time, now or whenever, uh, No. No uh yeah actually i probably do because i'm making bread oh yeah yeah what kind of bread sourdough 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 nice one of my favorite breads okay in that case i'll hold this for another 30 seconds to okay bid you adieu yeah i mean is there anything bid left you. on your topics that you wanted to cover uh we pretty much got now i mean those are just like in case like I, we didn't have anything to talk yeah, about yeah okay um Okay, so new album. Nomen. 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 The ancient uh, sundial album from the Clock Reads. It's available on the Bandcamp. Pseudo Dudo. It's really happy to meet that guy. He's he's really great at what he does. And uh, yeah, I never know how to end these. So Michael let's, Berger, the Clock Reads. Let's end it with a hearty God bless. Okay. Hearty God bless. God bless. Bless. This Chibata's this Sardo is blessed. <laughs> um okay. Is that good? Yeah. No, it's still going. Oh shit. Okay, now it's over. Alright. Okay, no, it's still nah. going. Cool, that was fun. Good. Glad you liked it. Yeah, it's fun. it's fun to talk about that kind of stuff. Like how you guys can approach that. Yeah. These are things I don't have many outlets to discuss with like people. Yeah, well most of it is just chemistry, playing together for so long, like we know we uh, know what the ne- the person's gonna do most of the time. Yeah. That's pretty crazy. I mean like I experienced that on a level, you know, to some degree. Uh, yeah, with 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 my group. And that's like a pretty cool thing that I think about a lot. Your brain's probably just like picking up on all these subtle cues that you've just come to know what they mean, like audio and you know what you know with the visual cues aside. Yeah. Just like everybody's musical tendencies, like, mm-hmm. I know what they're, where they're gonna go, or like I know what they're trying to go for right now. Yeah, but I mean definitely like if you can cue. Do it. Like, there's nothing wrong with that. I agree. Yeah, we we've we've been trying to be better about being very clear with our communication yeah. stage, which is really just yeah. <laughs> now, now, <laughs> now. <laughs>